Amen, amen, amen. I want to welcome you into our midweek Bible study right here at Liberty Christian Church International. This is the day that the Lord has made and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. I'm so excited to be with you on this evening. Um, we There's an exciting word from God that we're going to get into. Do me a favor, if you're on social media right now, go ahead and share this with about five people. Um, invite five of your friends in to hear our awesome word on tonight. The Bible declares to study to show thyselves approved. Uh, workmen who need not be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of God. Um, this is Pastor Thomas Brockenberry, Senior Pastor of Liberty Christian Church International. And on behalf of our church, we want to welcome you in. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for taking the time out to be with us on this evening. Um, we are going to go before the throne of grace and we are going to get into some word. I do not want to hold you uh, too long on this evening. So if all hearts and minds are prepared, um, let us prepare our hearts for the word. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for this evening. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your holiness. We thank you for being uh, the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. We thank you for being above uh, above all of our situations, about, above all of our uh, circumstances. We thank you, God, for giving clarity. We thank you, God, for in this season, you are releasing a prophetic word. Your word declares that in those last days that you would pour your spirit out amongst the people. And old men would see visions and young men would dream dreams. So, God, we just thank you uh, for what you're doing in this season and this time, God. So, God, right now, open up our hearts, open up our minds, open up our spirits so that we may hear a word from you, God. Now, God, hide this your servant behind the cross so that the people will see none of me, but they will see all of thee. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord. You are my strength and my redeemer. I thank you, God, for all that you're going to do. Let this word be followed by signs, miracles, and wonders in the lives of your people. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Once again, like I said, do me a favor and share this with about five people. Uh, we have been in this awesome time of prophetic release. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I started talking about the prophetic and we got into dealing with the characteristics of the prophet. Um, we are going to jump back in, in that tonight. So make sure you got your pens, your papers, um, you got your uh, you got your Bible, amen, whether you use it on your phone, your iPad, or whether you have a, uh, a, a physical Bible, do me a favor, go ahead and lift that up and let's make our Bible a declaration. Um, give me about 35, 45 minutes with you on this evening and uh, just set this time apart because um, we want to make sure that we are building dynamic kingdom disciples um, ready to advance the kingdom kingdom, that we are teaching the word of God, that we are preaching the word of God, and we are declaring the word of God in season and in out of season. And we're making uh, disciples of all men. Amen. That is our mandate. And we are setting the captive free here at Liberty. Uh, so lift up your Bibles and make your Bible declaration and repeat after me, Lord, I thank you that I have a Bible. It is my personal copy of God's purpose, God's plan, and God's design for my life. Therefore, I am a believer and not a doubter. I'm not just a hearer, but I'm also a doer. And my life has been better after hearing the word of the living God. Therefore, my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will not be distracted 
but I will hear what thus saith the Lord. And as a result of what I hear today, I'm going to leave here better than I came. Amen. Amen. We are in our virtual uh, sanctuary on this evening um, due to the pending, due to the thunderstorms that were happening in the area. I left out the head down to the church and it was hailing and raining. Um, but it's amazing that when I got back um, to, to my home that I saw a rainbow and it reminded me of God's promise to man um, that he would not destroy the earth um, that way again. But it, it, it also shows that even in the midst of the storm, when you come out of the storm, God will show you how victorious you are. Amen. And so we want to thank God for what he's doing. It, there's a rainbow on the, uh, on the opposite side of every storm, amen, in your life. So we want to get into this word on this evening. Um, there are a couple of scriptures that I want to start off with so that we can just uh, get a quick overview of uh, the way that we are going about um, with this discussion and this topic. So our first scripture, um, these are our foundational scriptures. These three scriptures are our foundational scripture. The first scripture says this. It's First Chronicles, uh, the 12th chapter, looking at the 32nd verse. And it talks about this. And I'm reading from the New King James Bible. That is our Bible for this year that we are using. Um, once again, that's First Chronicles, the 12th chapter, looking at the 32nd verse. It said, of the sons of Issachar, this is the word of the Lord, who had understanding of what the times to know what Israel ought to do their chiefs were 200 and all their brethren were at their command um, once again we talked about this scripture and we just talked about how that there were a set group of people who understood what was happening in the region, in Israel at the time, in the earth, um, understanding what God was revealing to them and how they needed to apply uh, to deal with the war. Amen. To deal with how to battle. Uh, and, and they were battling in the, in the physical, but spiritually there are men and women that God is releasing in this season, in this time, and in this, uh, in this decade that God is giving a prophetic word about how to handle this season and this time. A lot of you have been dreaming dreams. A lot of you have been having visions. A lot of you are, are, are wondering why is God pouring into you so much right now? And it's because God is releasing his people to be able to better war against the enemy's tactics. We know the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but the Bible says, but God, but I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. The Bible also says that the enemy goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Yeah, so if we if the enemy has his plan of how to attack us, if the enemy is very strategic, and we learned that when we talked about Ephesians 6 and 10, um, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers, against principalities, against evil forces in wickedly high places, against the ruler of darkness for this age, we have to realize that God is also releasing because God is not going to be outdone by the enemy. And matter of fact, the enemy emulates God. He tries to copy what God does and distort it and, and, and Try and change it into something that's not of God. But so if the enemy has that plan, that means God has a better plan. God is releasing to his soldiers, to his warriors, to those of us that are on the battlefield in this season. He's releasing his prophetic word so that we will not be captured off guard. Amen. 
And so much so that in, in this day and age and in this time that the dreams that we're having, they're not just so uh, far-fetched with fantasy. They're not so, uh, so attached to stuff that, that, that we may be going through circumstantially, but God is releasing his word uh, uh, prophetically so that we can have the tools to war against the enemy's plan. Amen? The tools in our life, whether it's in our finances, whether it's in our spirit spiritual life, whether it's in our work life, whether it's in marriages, whether it's in how we're raising kids, whether it's how to be a better servant of God. He's releasing a prophetic word that is releasing the is releasing his provisions in the atmosphere. What we have to do is be able to grab hold of his word, understand his word, apply his word to our life so that we can live better, so that we can live with our weapons of our warfare, uh, which are not carnal. We got to be able to be uh, guarded up with the, the, with the armor of God. We got to be able to make sure that we are doing the things that God is requiring of us. And in order to do the things that God is requiring of us, we got to make sure that we know and we're listening to God's voice about it. So not only that, if you look at Galatians 5, uh, Galatians, the fifth chapter, the 13th through the 26th verse, this is our other portion of this. Here at Liberty, it's an amazing text and it's an amazing scripture. And I need you all to read this and, and make sure you grab hold of this. Write this down somewhere because these are things that we have to meditate on both day and night as we are supposed to meditate on God's word. The Bible says this. In the fifth chapter of Galatians, beginning at the 13th verse, it said, For you, brethren, have been called to what? To liberty. Liberty means freedom. You have been called out of your bondage. So he said, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty, uh, 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 Deacon Tansy, as an opportunity for the flesh. Yeah. But through love, serve one another. Yeah, it, it, it goes on and then it says, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this. Yeah, even in this, Kevin, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah, that, that, that right there uh, shifts how we go about our daily business. He didn't say love only the neighbor that, that, that you like. He said you should love your neighbor as yourself. Well, what does that mean? That, that, that neighbor that, 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 that does not do the right thing, I'm still supposed to show love to him? Yes, or her? Yes, you are. That doesn't mean people run over you, but you can still show the love of God. Oh, verse number 15, but if you bite and devour one another, so that means if you're angry, if you're mean, if you're always in offense or attacking one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. That means you're always going to be warring against one another and eventually it's going to take you out of here. Eventually it's going to cause you death. Whether it's spiritual death, emotional death, mental death, or even physical death. He said, uh, he said, beware lest you be consumed by one another. The offenses with one another will outweigh God's plan, God's purpose, and God's design for your life. So you have to make sure that you're not biting. Uh, 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 that that it, it says, but if you bite 
uh, 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 and devour one another. That means I'm in full-fledged attack. I'm trying to consume you. I'm trying to get rid of you. I'm trying to harm you. He said, but if you do that, beware lest you be consumed by one another. That means your focus, your mind, your attention is now off of God. Your focus, your mind, and your attention is now off of the true enemy that you're fighting against. Your, your focus, your mind, and your attention is now off of protecting and guarding your family from spiritual attacks, from mental attacks, from emotional attacks. Because you war so much with one another, you are allowing yourself to become susceptible to what the enemies design a plan of attack for your life. Verse number 16 says, I say then, what walk in the spirit? And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the lust of the for the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do that thing that you wish. I talked about that last week. But if you are led by the Spirit, this is where all of us have, 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 we, have uh, we have accepted Jesus Christ, we have accepted His Spirit, we have allowed the Holy Spirit to indwell on the inside of us. You are, the Bible says, you are not under the law. The law of what? The law of guilt, the law of shame, the law of bondage. He said, you are not under the law. I talked about this a long time ago. When you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Bible says that Jesus said, I came to fulfill, not to do away with the law, but to fulfill the law. So if Christ fulfilled the law and I accept Christ into my life and I submit myself to his will and to his authority, now I become for a, the fulfillment of the law. Yeah, I'm part of Christ. The Bible says that I am an heir and a joint heir with Christ Jesus. So what Christ receives, I receive. And he says he has fulfilled the law. So that means you and I are no longer bound under the law, but we are the fulfillment of the law. What does the fulfillment of the law mean? Does that mean I don't have to live by a set of standards? No, it means that now I am a part of that set of standards. That's that 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 uh, uh, that standard is not too is not far from me. That means I can honestly chase righteousness. I can honestly chase holiness. I can honestly seek to be more than a person filled with sin. I can, I can now allow that old man, which is supposed to have died when I accepted Jesus Christ, to remain dead. Because I am now the fulfillment of the law with Christ Jesus. Verse number 19 says this. Now the works of the flesh, get this, somebody underline this in their Bible, somebody uh, uh, highlight this in their, on their cell phone or their iPad. It said, now the works of the flesh, these things that my flesh constantly do, these things that my flesh constantly tend to, these things that my flesh constantly are involved in are what? Are evident, which are adultery, fornication uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contention, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, 
selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murderers, drunkenness, revelers, excuse me, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in the time past. Paul said, I've already explained this to you, that these are the things that your flesh works so tirelessly to commit. He said that those who practice such things, not that you've made a mistake and, have, and, and some of these things have happened. He said those who practice these things, that means you're in a constant lifestyle of it, that it's a repeat, 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 and you enjoy it because we don't practice what we don't enjoy. We but it said that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Yeah, that means I can't live in sin and expect to be an heir and a joint heir with Christ Jesus. I cannot live in sin and expect access to the kingdom of God. Then there would have been no need for Jesus to die. There would have been no need for him to be hung on a cross. There wouldn't have even been a need for him to come to earth if I could have access to the kingdom of God and still do all of these things. I need that to hopefully sink in and set somebody free. That just because you've come to church, just because you know scripture, but when you're living outside of the will of God, when you have not truthfully accepted Jesus Christ into your life, that does not mean that you just say it. But the Bible says, confess with your mouth and do what? Believe in your heart. A lot of us make confessions that we don't believe. Yeah, so, it's, so if you have not a truly accepted Christ into your life and worked out your own soul salvation, then you, need, then you have to realize that you are not given access to the kingdom of God. Verse number 22, but the fruit of the Spirit, uh, underline this because I'm not just talking about the negative stuff, but now I need you to hear what God says, but the fruit of of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, get this, self-control, against such there is no law. Because if you operate in those things, if you operate in love, if you operate in joy, if you operate in peace, if you operate in long-suffering, if you operate in kindness, if you operate in goodness, if you operate in faithfulness, if you operate in gentleness, if you operate in self-control, there is no need to hold the law against you. Somebody say, I got to change the way I live. Listen, do me a favor. I, I, I need somebody to, if you're in the chat room, if you're in, the, if you're in uh, uh, one of our chat rooms, if you're on Facebook, if you're on Twitter, or whatever it may be, I need somebody to jot down those fruits. Because a lot of times we always hear about the negative, but we miss the mark of how we're supposed to live. 
and being and, and operating and moving in the prophetic, we have to know the nature of who it is that's leading us. Amen. He said, for such there is no law. Verse number 24. And those who are whose are Christ have crucified what? The flesh with his passions. Yeah, I, I think somebody need to hear that. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Well, then you say, well, what is the flesh, passions, and desires? Well, we just told you. I just told you. And if you need it again, I'm going to say it again. It, it, goes, it says it, right? A matter of fact, it says it in verse number 20. I'm going to read it one more time. Idolatry. No, it says, matter of fact, verse number 19 starts it. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contention, jealousies, outburst of wrath, self and selfish ambitions, not self-ambition, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murderers, drunkenness, revelry, revelry, excuse me, and the like of, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in times past, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So, operating and moving in the prophetic, we got to realize that there are things that we have to be on the lookout for to make sure that we are moving and functioning the way that God has called us to. Amen? We got to make sure that we examine ourselves daily to make sure that we are not uh, outside of the will of God, making sure that we are not um, battling and struggling, or not battling and struggling, but we're not battling the kingdom of God because of our own actions. We're not enemies behind, the, uh, behind enemy lines. Amen? So now we got to make sure that we're doing that. So, so, so a couple of weeks ago, I told you that we were dealing with the characteristics of the prophet. Why? Because simply put in verse number 25, it says this. It says, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. And operating prophetically is not this, 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 this thing where on Sundays you have to get up and you grab the microphone and you, and, and you have to say, thus saith the Lord. Operating in the prophetic means that you're in your, your prayer time, in your prayer time, you're listening for God's voice to reveal to you, not just about your life, not just about your family, but, your, but God is revealing to you what his plan is in the earth. That's operating and moving in the prophetic. The prophetic is speaking a right word in the right situation. The prophetic is releasing what God has said, even if it's the foreknowledge of what God is going to do, or if it's the right now revelation of what somebody's going through and how God is getting ready to deliver them or bring them out, or if God is telling somebody that you're going to have to go through for a season. A lot of people don't want to hear that in the church. 
that, you're, that, that sometimes God is holding you in a season so he can get something out of you or so that he can develop something inside of you. And you have to go through certain things in order for God to pull out or, uh, or, or watch the seed begin to blossom of what he's plant in, planted on the inside of you. Liberty, I already told you that we are in the season and in this time where we're rooted to grow. That means that God is planting us, God is producing in us, and God is pulling out of the seed the roots that need to begin to structure or, or settle themselves in the dirt so that we can stand here for the long haul. We're rooted to grow. But to be rooted to grow, get this, we have to live in the spirit. And if we are rooted to grow and we live in the spirit, then we also must do what? Walk in the spirit. We got to change the way we approach life. We got to change the way we think about life. We got to change the way our mind is set or the things that we have accepted as life. Because the world has given us a defeated mentality. The world has told us, what's the point? The world has told us to live, be merry, like scripture said, drink for you will surely die. That's scripture. Be merry, drink for you will surely die. For tomorrow you will surely die. Yeah, it sounds good. But the reality is God is not calling us into just being merry and not having a purpose. God is not calling us into prosperity without having something to sow into, people to sow into, giving to should be, that should be done. God doesn't just bless you so that you can have. God blesses you to be a blessing. God delivers you so that you can come back to show somebody else how to be delivered, the way to deliverance. God sets you apart, not so that you can run back in and join the in crowd, but so that you can tell the in crowd about the God who brought you out of the in crowd because he had a better life for you. This is operating and moving in the prophetic, seeing that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you could ask or think, according to the power that works in you. Creating an environment that you are seeing the, the, the current nature, that you're not just looking at things from a physical standpoint, but you're looking at things from a spiritual standpoint. that you can identify the enemy's plans and the enemy's tactics. Because the enemy is getting bold right now. The enemy is now starting to show his hand because he's not scared of you. Even though he knows you have power that you won't tap into. And as long as he can keep you defeated, as long as he can keep you in bondage or as long as he can keep you thinking that you're in bondage, you'll never use your weapons to war against him.
you'll never realize that you walk in liberty. And so he can continue to keep you captive. You'll never use your praise the proper way to break shackles and break uh, jail cells off your life. If he can keep you bound, that prophetic gift that's on the inside of you, that gift of worship, that gift of praise, that gift of discernment, that gift of power, that gift of authority, that gift of love, meekness, joy, kindness, long-suffering, will never come to the forefront. So we got to begin to operate as we should be, which means that we live in the Spirit of God. Because if we live just like this scripture teaches us, then we'll walk in it. You, we, we constantly say, I want to walk in abundance. But if you don't know what the Spirit of God is or how to operate in the Spirit of God, if you don't know how to walk in, God, in the Spirit of God, how can you sit there and say you want the abundance of God? God is not just a genie where you rub the lamp and say, God, give me this, and he just grants it to you. But God blesses you, yeah, because he requires from you. He gives you grace and mercy so that you can still attempt to come out of that thing that's been holding you. Yeah, right now, as we come out of this pandemic, what you see happening in our own country is the government is trying to open things back up so that people can start feeling a sense of freedom. Not that everybody is cured, not that everybody has taken the vaccination, but in order to show people that, that there's something more than walking and operating in fear, they're gradually opening things back up. Because if we allow fear to hold us bound, then we will begin to allow the spirit of fear to run our life. So now we got to begin to step out we got to begin to walk in the spirit. We got to begin to walk by faith. We got to begin to listen to the voice of God. We got to begin to position ourselves to hear God stronger and better. We got to begin to operate in the prophetic where we learn the word of God, where we're studying the word of God, we're studying the plan of God, we're studying the actions of God so that we can see where God is in today. The Bible says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So we can understand the attributes of God. We can understand the nature of God. We can understand the characteristics of God. And once we begin to understand those things, then we can begin to walk more in the spirit of God. So I'm going to jump into this real quick. We're already at 8 o'clock. Amen. We talked about this in the first week dealing with the characteristics of the prophetic. Those who operate in a prophetic manner need to express, have the need to express themselves. 
we, we, we talked about this, how God puts an overwhelming desire on them to always want to explain God, explain what the voice of God sounds like, explain the power of God. We talked about that, how, they're, how, how, they, how they see things in the, in the spiritual realm, and they act upon those things, but they're expressing themselves constantly. Not only that, those that walk in the prophetic are able to make quick impressions of people. Amen? Quick impressions to people. And that's what we're going to deal with tonight. But I want to give you the third thing. Those that walk in the prophetic also have an alertness to dishonesty. To the dishonest nature of people. Once again, that's quick impression. Quick impressions of people, they also need to express themselves, but then also there's an alertness to dishonesty. But tonight we're going to deal with this, that, they, that those that operate in the prophetic have a, ha, have a tendency to make quick impressions of people. Amen? Okay, let, let, let's, let's jump into this. Let, let's look at scripture real quick. Because I told you before, when we, when we talked about um, the need to express themselves, we dealt with Peter. So, so I'm going to hold on to Peter for a little while for, for, as we deal with operating in the prophetic. If you don't know who Peter is, Peter is one of Jesus' disciples, the one that uh, made the confession that you are the Son of God, um, that you are the, true, that you are the uh, true and living Son of God. When Jesus asked, who do men say that I am? And Jesus made the confession after Peter made, after Peter told him who he was. He said, um, "He said, uh, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but the Spirit of my Father did." And he said, "Upon this church, upon this rock, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail." That's Peter. Peter's the one that uh, uh, cut off the the man's ear when he was trying to come take Jesus. But Peter is still also the one that denied Jesus. Three times. When, when after they had taken Jesus, he was the one who he was one of the ones that denied him. But Peter was also one of the first ones at the tomb of Christ. Once the when Jesus rose and and Mary came and told them, Peter was one of the ones that was first at the tomb, and, and, and went in. He went in. The, he he went into the tomb first, where where James would not do it. So, so Peter has a relationship. Peter was a fisherman. Peter was uh, 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 one of uh, Jesus' closest. So when we see Peter, we can get an understanding of a lot of the ways our life is. Amen? Uh, a lot of the ways that, um, that, that we, see, we can see ourselves in Peter. So I want to look at something. This is Peter right here. In Matthew 14 and 28. And Peter answered and said, answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. We all know this story. This is one of my favorite stories. The, the disciples were on the boat and they were out, out on the water. And Jesus was not with them. Jesus had already told them to go on the boat. And, and at some point of the night, Jesus came walking on the water. And the disciples were scared. They thought it was a ghost, but Jesus spoke to them. But when Jesus spoke to them, Peter, 
because he was identifying who Christ was, said what? He, he knew who Christ was, but he said this. He said, if Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He was like, okay, if you're my God, if, you're, if, if, if I'm following you and you're walking on the water, get this, I must be able to walk on the water. That takes faith. A lot of times when, 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 when we get the quick impressions of people, we're able to say certain things to make sure that it's true what we're feeling. Yeah. Peter said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. We know that Peter stepped out of the boat. Peter walked on the water until Peter realized that he was walking on the water. That's the crazy thing. He walked on the water because he was walking to his master. He walked on the water because he, 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 he knew it was Christ. His faith told him it was Christ. His gifting told him. He was the only one that stepped out of the boat. Sometimes in your life, you have to be the only one to step out of the boat. Sometimes in your life, you got to be the first one out of your family to graduate from college. Sometimes in your life, you got to be the first one to come out and move away from everybody else and set up shop somewhere else, Miss Mariah. You got to be able to hear the voice of God, hearken to the voice of God, and do as Peter did and say, Lord, if it's you, I'm coming to you. And we see what happened when he stepped out. He didn't have hold of Jesus' hand when he stepped out the boat. That's amazing. But by faith, he stepped out and walked. And when he began to sink, guess what? Jesus grabbed hold of him. Some things in your life require you to put the work out. Because God has already told you what to do. But you've been scared because every T hasn't been crossed. Every I hasn't been dotted. But you know that God said it, but you're waiting for the perfect opportunity or the perfect circumstance or to make sure that everything is lined up the way that you think it should be when God said, get up and walk. Where Peter said, if it's you, God, if it's you, Jesus, bid me to come to you. God, if this is you, if this is you that, that has told me to start this business, God, I'm stepping out on faith right now. Call me to you, God. God, if it's you that has told me to, to, to move my family from here to Georgia, God, I'm stepping out on faith because I believe that, it, that, that God, if I, if I begin to sink, you got me. If Jesus could walk on water, what did Peter have to fear? Because that man that walked on water had to have authority over the water. Yeah. Let's keep going. Matthew 15 and 15. Then Peter answered and said to him, explain this parable to me. 
Matthew 16 and 16. Let, let's go back real quick to 15 and 15 and 15. Then Peter answered and said to him, explain this parable to me. Uh, explain this parable to us. This was one of the stories that Jesus was talking to him about. And Peter was like, listen, listen, God. I mean, listen, Christ. Listen, Jesus. I need to know. I, 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 I know you said the parable, but listen. I need to, to get the fullness of this. Please explain it to me. I, I need to hear it in whole. Matter of fact, let, let's, let's open up our Bibles to this story. Matthew 15. Matthew 15. Ugh. Opening up my Bible. Matthew 15. Uh, here we go. Matthew 15 and 15. It said, and he said this. But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind leaders. They are blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind leader lead, lead the blind, both will fall into a ditch. Then Peter answered and said to him, explain this parable to us. So Jesus said, are you also without understanding? Do you not yet understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the what? The heart. And they defile a man. For out of the heart proceedeth evil Thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thieves, false witnesses, and such. He, the, 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 the parable was, if you jump back to verse number 10, it says, When he had called the multitudes to himself, he said to them, Hear and understand, not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a man. Because so much uh, 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 Jewish history talks about what you should not eat. Yeah. And, and so many, so, so many things. Well, I'm not going to eat this. I'm not going to eat of that. I'm not going to eat of this. But Jesus said, it's not what goes in your mouth that defiles you. He, 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 he switched up or not switched up. He corrected what they were so bound by. They thought that just because they did not eat a certain type of food, that it kept them from the covenant with God. But, he's, but Jesus said, no, it's not what you put in your mouth. He said, but what comes out of your mouth? What comes out of your mouth? Lies, slander, envy, jealousy. He said, because that comes from your heart. What comes out of your mouth flows are the issues of the heart. So he said, listen, so, 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 so Peter was like, Lord, explain this to me because all I've known, yeah, I'm about to help somebody, all I've known to this moment is what the law of Moses told me I was not supposed to eat. And Jesus said, once again, if I fulfilled the law, if I came to fulfill it, if I came to, to set the captives free, I need you to know your salvation does not come by what you eat. Your salvation 
and the content of your heart are what will flow out of your mouth. Too many of us who say we're Christians can't even quote a simple scripture to bring us through. Why? Because what comes, what has been stored up in our heart is not matched to the word of God. We can quote, and you've heard me say this before, we can quote everything we see on Housewives of Atlanta. You can quote every video that talks about the devil, but you cannot even quote the beginning part of Psalms 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall what? Shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Ephesians 6 and 10. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. These are things that should be stored up in your hearts. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. What is stored up in your heart? How are you able to quote everything, but when you quote everything else, you know how to say I'm blessed and highly favored. But when you go through a test, you, it, it, there's nothing in your reservoir to pull from to say this is what God gave me to make it through here. See, operating in the prophetic means that we that that even when we're going through when we're going through trials and tribulations, when we're going through struggles, when we're going through tests, when we're going through obstacles, there is enough there. There's word that God has placed on the inside of us <clears throat> that God will bring to that the Holy Spirit will bring to our remembrance while we're going through. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. And by his stripes, I'm healed. God, you called me to be the head and not the tail. God, you said I shall decree a thing and it shall be established. What's built up in your heart? As we flow in the prophetic, See, this is the thing, because when the enemy gets hold of you, your mind, your spirit, and your soul, he begins to feed to you the world's standards. He begins to, 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 to recite to you things that are not of God, but they sound like God. The enemy knows the word better than most of us, but he knows how to distort the word as well. The Bible says, now faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But there is faith in whatever you're constantly feeding your spirit. If you're constantly feeding your spirit negativity, then out of your mouth will flow negative things. That's why the media constantly force feeds us negativity. Because it gives a bleak outlook on the world. And then when they drop something good, it seems like there's this is a one in a million thing. When no, there, is, there are those that are working their kingdom assignment, working their kingdom mandate every single day. 
but you won't hear about it because the enemy, uh, the ruler of this world, does not want you to believe that God has any effect on us or on society right now. So prophetically, we got to begin to build up our reservoir so we can speak the word of God in season and out of season. When it looks like hell is coming, when it looks like the enemy is flooding, like I said before, when the spirit of the, when the enemy comes in like a flood, that the spirit of the Lord raises up a standard. You cannot raise up a standard if you do not know the word of God. The pastor, I'm not supposed to be the only one who can open this up in times of struggle. The mark and the design of a church, of a fruitful church that is abounding in the word of God, is that the people, uh, the people are able to lift up the name of Jesus. They'll be able to lift up the word of God when there's trouble going. They're able to pray, they're able to fast, they're able to worship, they're able to, to, to combat the enemy's tactics, not just for their house, but for everybody they're connected to. That's the design of the word of God. That's the plan of the prophet and the prophetic of God. Amen? Let's look at another scripture. Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. He, he, he already, he, he, he quickly made this uh, 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 impression of people. He quickly saw who Christ was. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. I told you, this was when, when, when Jesus said, who do, man, who, do I, who do you say that I am? I, I preached this text because I, I, not too many times do we ever see in text, in the text, of, in the content of the Bible, where Jesus asked, who do men, who do you say that I am? Who do men say that I am? But Jesus was getting to a place of, look, they say that out there, but you that are close to me, who do you say that I am? And the first thing, when they said, who, who do men say? Some say a prophet. Some say Elijah. But Jesus said, who do you say that I am? Because you have relationship with me. Who do you say that I am? Because you've seen me heal the sick. You've seen me raise the dead. Who do you say that I am? When, 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 when nobody else is around, the things that you've seen of me, the time you see me in prayer with my father, the time that you see me uh, uh, teaching and pouring into you, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Look at this, Matthew 16 and 22. We're just about done. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. This is when Jesus was preparing, uh, when he was letting them know that, that he's going to die. That, that, yeah, this is, getting, this is going to happen. Peter was like, nah, you, 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 you my Lord. Nah, I'm not, mm -mm. I'm, I'm not going to allow this to happen to you. But we know that Jesus rebuked that. 
because Jesus knew that it had to happen. Let, let's continue. Then Peter answered, Matthew 17 and 4. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, is it good for us to be here? If you wish, let us make, uh, make here three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. One of, one of my favorite favorite scriptures in the Bible, the transfiguration of Jesus, where he took James and John and Peter up on the mountain, and Jesus transfigured before them, showing his deity to them. Peter was like, hold up. Now, now, now truthfully, I, I, if I ain't have no other doubt, if, if I had any doubt in my mind, at this moment, there is no more doubt. He said, matter of fact, because there is no doubt, should I be building you an altar? Because now I've seen who you are. I've seen your true form. I've seen your true nature. It's not even a question no more. It, 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 you're not just a teacher anymore. You're not just, I'm not just a disciple of a man who seems to be righteous and holy, who can do miracles. Now I just saw you transform into your true nature. This is what Peter's saying. Look, I'm, I'm, okay, so now I, I gotta. Do we need to build you an altar here? I've seen the face of the Son of God, not as man, but in His true nature. The quick impression of people. Matthew 19 and 27. Then Peter answered and said to him, See, we have left all, we have left all and followed you. Therefore, what shall we have? Yeah, this is when he was talking about what, what, what am I, what, what shall we have? We, we've dropped it all, Lord. You said you go to prepare a mansion. You say you go to do all this. But we have left everything and followed you. What, what, what do we have? And we know Jesus talked about inheriting the kingdom. We know Jesus talked about what, where, their, where, their, uh, 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 where, where their mansion will be. And, and so he identifies very quickly. He, he, he gains the impression of who Christ is. Next, let, let, let's look at this. John 6 and 68. I hope, I hope you all are, are, are writing this down or even jotting it down. You can go back and listen to this at any time. John 6 and 68. But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. He identified. He was like, no, nah, I'm, not, I'm not leaving you. If, if I left you, I'm leaving the words of eternal life. I'm I'm. I'm, I'm it's, not, it's nobody else out here for me. There's nobody else that I can that, that I can get this from. So whom shall we whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and somebody needs to hear that. It's not Buddha, it's not Muhammad, it's not Confucius, it's not this uh this 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 these new age religions that have the word of life. I constantly tell you, yeah, they may tell you how to be a great person, but none of it offers salvation. They're still trying to find the answer to the question. 
and those that God is call, are calling into this season, know that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father except by me. They know John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. They know that Jesus said that I am the bread of life. They know that scripture teaches us that whom the son sets free is truly free indeed. They know that Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. They know that when he got up out the grave, he had the keys to death and the grave in his hands. They know that when he said, I go and I go to prepare a place for me. And if I go, that means I'll return. As we as we begin to as we begin to dive more into this this prophetic the characteristics of the prophetic and understanding where we are positioned in this season and in this realm and in this space that God has given us liberty that we are uh, that we have to be transparent enough to correct what we've heard that was not the word of God to be able to submit our minds, our wills, and our authority to God to be redeveloped by the word of God to be re-released through the power of the Holy Spirit and the anointing of God to be able to come out from amongst them and speak what God is saying, to sing what God is saying, to preach what God is saying, to not be afraid of offending some. Jesus said it like this, I did not come to make peace. Mm. He said, I did not come to make peace. I came to pit Fathers against sons, mothers against daughters. Why? Because some will believe in who Christ is and some will fight who Christ is. But the major point here is Christ is who he is. He's Emmanuel. He is Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is our Savior. He is our Lord of Lords. He is our King of Kings. There is none like him. There is none that can compare to him. In him is the fullness of joy, the fullness of God. In him dwells the Godhead. So we have to begin to structure, look, and position ourselves to walk with him. If all hearts and minds are full, amen, if all hearts and minds are full, 
I, I, I just believe that God is getting ready to take us, continue to elevate us and take us to this next level. What is this next level? It's a, it's a deeper level in understanding of his will, his purpose, and his plan in our life. I, I, I can't explain it to you more than this. That as we close out on this evening, that if you are tuned in, if you're watching, that God is ready to release the gift inside of you even more right now. Some have the prophetic gift of love. It seems like you call people Jesus. It seems like you call people when they're going through their worst moments. And because you call them, it's a soothing voice in their ear. Some have the prophetic gift of correction. That when you talk to somebody and they, they're, they're talking about the sinful nature, they're talking about what they're doing in their life that's not in God's will, that you have the voice of reason to get them back into the face of God. This is the prophetic voice. You have the prophetic voice of direction that, that can determine, no, we're not going here. We, not, we should not be doing this. This is what we need to do. Some of you have the prophetic gift of discernment. God has been revealing you, revealing to you the nature of people and their soul status. People that others may think have it all together. It's not for you to mishandle it. It's for you to pray about it and seek God's face concerning them and their release. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, for this night. We thank you, God, for this time. We thank you, God, that you are releasing into the atmosphere, into the environments of our home, a prophetic word. God, we submit ourselves, we surrender ourselves to your will, to your purpose, to your plan, to your authority, to your anointing. God, check the status of our hearts. Engage with us one-on-one. -on -one. Bring to our mind the, a spirit of correction where we need to be corrected. A spirit of peace when our mind is out of control. A spirit of understanding when we don't know the path and the plan that we should be on. A spirit of joy when, when, when all it seems is pain and hurt around us. A spirit of hope when the enemy tries to present despair. Release your word into our hearts. For your word declares that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. So God, we submit it all to you right now in the name of Jesus. If there be anybody under the sound of my voice that does not know you for, for your saving, your salvation, the blood that you shed for us, introduce yourself to them right now. Those that may be struggling and backslidden, God, give them a spirit of reconnection, knowing that the world cannot produce or provide for them that thing that you only hold. And that's the joy of, our, of, of your salvation, the joy of the relationship.
mend broken hearts, expose the enemy's tactics, expose the enemy weapons, change the dynamic of our minds, release our minds from the bondage of the enemy, release our hearts from the condition and the jail cells that we've been in for so long. Release it right now in the name of Jesus. Satan, I put you on notice that no, that, that no weapon formed against the people of God shall prosper. That even those that have been knocked down, that, you, that God's word declares that a just man shall get up seven times. Satan, you are defeated. I speak to that spirit of strongholds, of the spirit of the strong man. That walls are being torn down right now in the name of Jesus. I declare that God is releasing right now a spirit of deliverance over your house, over your mind, over your spirit, over your resources, over your finances, over your heart's condition. Deliver us from ourselves and introduce your spirit like never before. It is in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Listen, I want you to join me this Sunday. We're located at 7842 Parson Drive in Forestville, Maryland. We worship at the City of David Ministries. Our services times are 4.30 p.m. I want you to join us this Sunday. I'm preaching a sermon called The Caterpillar Effect. The, the Caterpillar Effect. Trust me, you don't want to miss it. If you can't be with us in person, we would love for you to be with us in person. As we have reopened, as the, the, the country, the nation, our city, our region is reopening, stop being so fearful and staying in the house. Wear your mask if you have to, if you haven't been fully vaccinated. Wear your mask. Take your precautions. But get to the house of the Lord. The enemy wants you to live in complacency, and he's going to mask it behind a, a, a call telling you that there has to, that, that everything is, that is not safe to come out. Jesus. But I'm challenging, I'm challenging 20 of you all to get to the house of God Sunday. Get to the house of God Sunday. There is a word for you. Once again, our worship time starts at 4.30 p.m. It starts promptly at 4.30 p.m. And accessory prayer begins at 4.25. We want you in the building. And I'll leave you with this. As always, live on purpose, live for purpose, but most importantly, live in God's purpose. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Be blessed and have a wonderful evening. If you need to reach me, you can uh, visit our website at www.lccimd.org or you can send me a message on Messenger. I am, I've been off of social media for the last month and a half and I'm remaining off of there until the Lord says otherwise. You will only see uh, the streams from, the, from my church page or from my personal page. But other than that, I am not on social media. I love you with the love of God. Be blessed. Have have a wonderful end to your weekend. Enjoy your weekend, and I look forward to seeing you on Sunday. Be blessed.